Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. This episode features Nigeria-based artist Chidima Noli. She is a visual artist working primarily with painting. Her practice contemplates the importance of a single subject's embodied experiences, often overlaying the past unto the present while insisting on the emotional link between body and space in conflict with self and a background mostly saturated with religion and gendered obligations. Inspired by self-written poems, Shidima empathetically captures women in paintings that feel like a hazy yet visit memory. This year, 2023, she will participate in residencies through PMAM in London, Atlantic Center for the Arts, Florida, and Oxbow School of Art, Michigan. Her paintings have been presented in solo and group exhibitions at Marion Bosky Gallery in New York, Rayleigh Gallery in Lagos, and PMAM Gallery in London, amongst others. She currently lives and works in Lagos. Enjoy this episode featuring Shidima Noli. Shidima, welcome to my podcast. I'm excited to feature you. Thank you, Phyllis. It's amazing and excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. When did you discover your artistic passion? Um, since I was a child, I've always been creating, tracing things on um, storybooks, playing with plasticine, cutting out stuff, you know, just anything I could get my hands on, really. But when I started thinking about art, um, seriously, was when I had this art teacher in secondary school. He was amazing. And I think he's one of the biggest influences on why I decided to be an artist. He was an art teacher, but he had a second job as a textile designer, but he used the school studio as, you know, his place of practice. And after school, I and a couple of other artists would help him with work, you know, and I felt like a proper artist doing this because it wasn't just assignments that I was being given, you know, these weren't assignments. It was like I was a part of creating art that would go out into the world and be worn by people. You know, I'm grateful to him for that. And he was one of the reasons I decided to study art in school for my BFA. But I initially wanted to be a textile designer because of him. But then I went to school and the curriculum was kind of limited. Then I decided to do painting and I'm grateful for that choice. That's great. Yeah. So how would you define your practice? Um, that's a really interesting question. I'm really interested in memory and how my present body reacts to past experiences, 
mostly things I've experienced within familial spaces, religious spaces, and growing up in Nigeria as a woman, and just generally as a person. So in thinking about memory, memory feels like a blur, hazy type of feeling. Like it's vivid, it's there, but it's not there. And, you know, in thinking about how a memory would feel like, these are the things that push for, you know, what my paintings look like and the type of palettes that I employ in creating these paintings. Yeah, before I could paint properly, at least when I was a teenager, I used poetry as kind of an immediate outlet to express what I was going through in the moment. And painting became a tool, like as an adult, when I was done with my BFA, painting became like this tool to reflect on these experiences I had written about. I'm kind of currently looking to push the visual quality of my work and, you know, how I use color to create this dreamlike soft haze. And I've kind of been pushing my palette towards that that's i think that's where my practice is currently yes now that i think about it when i look at your work that's right it is slightly vague as in it is a memory you know yeah i'm glad you felt that yeah now that you're never 100 percent sure you know you're reaching for that how do you know when a work is finished hmm. i think you just know at least for me i just i look at the painting and i know Recently, I have decided not to overwork a painting or just my paintings generally, I've decided not to overwork it because in the past, I would know that a painting is finished, but I would kind of force more onto the painting. You know, it's felt like I was, you know, doing too much, but now I just want to be comfortable with knowing that a certain feeling that I want, you know, to get from the painting as the first view of the work, as the first, you know, I'm basically the first person viewing my work, the first audience, as much as I'm the artist. When I'm content with the feeling that I would want, you know, other people to feel, I would leave the painting at that. I'm trying and, you know, learning to get comfortable with leaving a painting where it's supposed to be. I think I look at the painting and I just know that it's done. Do you think about your audience throughout that creative process while you're actually painting? Um, no, I don't think about the audience because first of all, painting is an outlet for me. When I when I was a teenager, poetry was that outlet. It was like an immediate outlet for me. And as an adult, painting is this, is this thing and or this tool I use to reflect on past experiences. So it's really at the very root of my practice, it's very... I would say it's very self-centered. Like I center myself when I'm making the work. So I'm not really thinking about the audience. But when I'm putting together a body of work after the paintings are complete, when I'm putting together the paintings and seeing how, you know, everything works together, I do think about, you know, audience experience Mm -hmm. and how they would feel in a room filled with my paintings, like a solo exhibition. When you walk into this room, how do you feel when you're experiencing all of these things at once? Not just when you're staring at one piece, but as a collective body of work, how does that feel? Yes, I do think about the audience, how they would experience that. But during the process, no, I don't. It's very much self-centered and very much about me. And when do the titles of a work enter their creative process? Um, That's interesting because most of my titles come from music that I love listening to. 
these songs are like very poetic, very soft. When I think about the experiences of the artists, like the singers, I kind of relate to these things. And, you know, I draw certain titles from the lyrics. Sometimes there are certain words that would exist within the poems that I write. And I would feel certain lines that I would, you know, be drawn to within the poems that I write. And these would make up the titles. And I just save them somewhere within my notes app or I write them down somewhere. Yeah, I draw things from music and, you know, things from maybe books I read sometimes because, yeah, that has happened before. And, yeah, poetry that I write. Wow. How do you keep learning? Uh, for a while, I, I've i been stuck in a loop. And this happened kind of, I think, last year, um, late last year. I kind of discovered that I was consuming the same things and I decided to actively break this. And I thought about how, how was I going to break this? How was I going to keep myself refreshed and keep myself learning new things? I decided that I was going to spend a bulk of this year going for residencies and doing residencies and, you know, learning new things within the community of artists that would be in these residencies with me and, you know, in this new spaces that I would be exploring because these residencies that I did apply for were not going to be in Nigeria. So I knew that, you know, going out and experiencing these new things and bringing them back into my studio was going to help. I just finished my second residency, which was in Michigan, and I will be going for the next residency. The second residency was in Florida and the next residency is in Michigan. It's Oxbow Residency. And I'm excited for that. It's going to be for three weeks. But I'm excited to just be done with the whole process of residencies and seeing how I can bring back all the things I've learned into my studio. But yeah, I think that's how I keep learning. Have you ever been influenced by other artists, particularly when you were young? Oh, yeah. So I grew up Catholic, very Catholic. Around my house, there were like Catholic imagery pictures, statues, like miniature, very miniature statues. But these were things, sculptures, um, relief sculptures also. So it was like, I grew up around these things. I grew up seeing them around my house and I was very drawn to these um, images. So in learning about um, different art movements when I was in secondary school, I found out that these images actually did come from the Renaissance period. So yeah, I was very interested in that period and I think in my work like the current my current work I fuse some of these elements in terms of like arcs how the figures are being posed how you know I put like how I pose the hands of the figures within the work I feel like it's very influenced by the images I saw like um, growing up so um, apart from that when I think about how much contemporary influence I have now in my work I would think about artists like Larry Poons, there is just something about his paintings that I'm drawn to. They're very expressive and they're very emotionally charged to um, artists like Nengi Omuku. Again, because I'm thinking about softness within my work, Nengi Omuku is a Nigerian artist who embodies these things, but she does it so well with color. And yeah, they are also very emotionally charged and they feel very, very dreamlike. I also look at artists like Tony Oji Odutola, her storytelling, the quality of her storytelling is amazing. 
how she has, you know, pushed the limits of her medium, how she has pushed the limits of drawing, basically. It's just, it blows my mind. So, yeah, I'm just so obsessed with all of these art movements I mentioned and these artists I mentioned. Thank you for sharing that. Do you feel Black art can be defined? Um, I don't think so. It's limitless and too broad to, to be defined, to be honest. It's, I don't think you can. I just think, simply put, it would be art created by Black artists or artists of like African heritage. That's what I would call it, to be honest. That's what I'll call it. So I don't think it can be defined. So share with us what you're excited about right now. I'm very excited about all the residencies I've done this year. I'm just very excited to come back to my studio after all of these residencies and see how I can take all of these experiences that I've garnered throughout the year and bring them back to my studio and see what I can add to my work and how I can give my work more and, you know, learn from all of these experiences. During my last residency at the Atlantic Center for the Arts in Florida, I did some of these cut out images of, you know, my figures. And I'm just excited to come back to my studio and blow it up. I, I know it's kind of hard to visualize in the mom- at the moment, but I'm comfortable with it not working out. So it's something that may work out or may not work out, but I'm comfortable with it not working out. But I'm just excited to come back to my studio and see how that turns out. I'm also excited for like a couple of shows that I will be doing this year in August and September. The first one is in August, is at the Seattle Museum of Art. And um, the second one is in September at Bloom and Poe. And I think what's really exciting about this exhibition is that it's an exhibition that comprises of women artists and non-binary artists. And this is the first time I've ever been a part of any of this type of exhibition where it's just a very, very female-centered. And I mean, just I'm just excited to see how it comes together and how the different ways in which women express themselves, you know. I've not been a part of this type of thing before, so I'm really excited to see how it all, you know, merges and turns out to be. How does your workspace feel? What does it look like? Oh my God, it's very, very disoriented. (laughs) I'm currently working on something, so um, it's for another show, but um, I'm still contemplating what the painting is going to be like but yeah my studio is very it's a safe space for me and even in like the disorientation it's very I have this couch where I sit down and just look at the painting for a very long time and it's just a very comfortable couch and it's just a safe space for me I love it I wish there was more lighting in the space but I'm working with what I have at the moment and it's my safe space and I love it so yeah sounds perfect Yeah, it is. So what are the most substantial challenges that you've encountered as an artist? I think the most basic one would be being a practicing artist in Nigeria. There are so many limitations to materials, like actual art materials. Like you have to limit yourself to what you have here. So I think the residencies I did this year was the first time I was creating with artists outside of Nigeria. So I was very surprised by the medium. And when I asked like, where did you get this? How did you get this? Where can I get this? They'll be like, oh, I got it at the art store. I'm like, wow, there is so much 
to explore. I had no idea like these things existed. I thought, you know, you had to, they were very, very, you know, limited to certain stores, but they're just available in art stores around the country. And it's like, I feel like having to practice as an artist in Nigeria, you are very limited by the type of materials that you can explore. So whenever I travel, I try to get as much as I can, or as much material as I can get outside the country, you know, to bring back to my studio and see how that works. I think that's one of the things. That's one of the basic things that I think I experience as an artist that I would, I hope would change. What do you enjoy most about your practice? Um, the process. I love the smell of paint because my work is very textured. So I have to mix globs of paint. You know, I love looking at my palette. I love being in my studio and dancing while I'm creating. It's, I love dancing while I'm creating. I love listening to music while I'm creating. So I think just the whole process of creating is amazing. I, I love being an artist. I've enjoyed our talk. This is our final question. What do you feel is the purpose of art? And as an artist, what is your role? Hmm. That's a very interesting question. Wow. I don't think that's a question I know how to speak on generally. So but I will say from a personal standpoint, the purpose of my work is for it to exist in the way that music exists for me. Music has saved my life. Like, I think that's something I've mentioned all through this. <laughs> I love music. I love dancing. I don't know how to dance, but I love doing it in my studio. <laughs> so I want, I think the purpose of my work is for it to exist in the way that, yeah, music exists for me. Music has saved my life. Music has, I'm not saying that art is capable of saving anyone's life. It might, but I am saying that the purpose of my work or my art is for you to stand in front of one of my paintings and feel seen and, you know, not, not feel alone, not feel like you are alone in this experience. Even if the painting is not necessarily, because I don't think my paintings necessarily are, you know, very representative in the sense that I'm kind of going more for a feeling than, you know, an outright representation of a thing. So even if you just, you know, get a feeling and realize that you're not alone in this thing, even if you have to kind of pour whatever you feel into the painting, even if it's not like necessarily what I as, as the artist was going for, I do hope when people are standing in front of my work that they feel seen and not alone. So, yeah, because I feel like that's what music, you know, does for me. And I think that's what music does for a lot of people. It makes them feel like they have this shared experience and I think art does that that's what I want my work to do well thank you this has been lovely I appreciate your time thank you so much Phyllis I'm glad you had me on this thank you thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast for additional content please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.